Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samech Dalid in Maseches Nadarim. That is, means that we're starting the ninth parak. Okay, parak Rabbi Elezer, and it's an interesting idea. Until now, we've been talking about the fascinating idea that a person can obligate himself um, through his own words. The power of speech, Goranowitz, a Goranowitz Muslim moment. You can actually create a Chiv Daraisa now. You, through your own words. This is a controversial thing to do, and it's something that was frowned upon in almost all cases. Maybe Hillel Azakain had a case of a person who was so sincere that he had never even seen what he looked like. If you remember, he saw in his reflection in the well, saw his beautiful locks of curls, realized for a moment that he perhaps could monetize it, in Olamazet and vowed to not do so. These kinds of, you know, once in generational, right, sincere people, okay, so they can make Nadarim, but on the whole, right, we frown upon it because to make a Nadar, it's something that makes you subject to the prohibition of Loyachel, right? You cannot, uh, you have a prohibition to say the name of Hashem in vain to make promises that you can't keep, to write checks that you can't cash, Andrew. And this is something that we don't want. No, I don't mean that you would do that. I'm just saying yeah, this is what you... He speaks about that in Kosher Money. That's what I'm saying. He would never do that, is why mm-hmm. I mentioned him. And therefore, that is something that is frowned upon. Now we shift. Getting out of the Nadarim, once you've made it, once you've made the nether, can you get out of it? So, what we're going to discuss, you have to go, as you know, to the rabbi's office, and the rabbi has to get you out of it. Or you can have, as we do, right, Hataras Nadarim. You ever do Hataras Nadarim, Garanowitz? Where you go sit in front of a bezdin of three of your peers, right, on Erev Rosh Hashanah? Okay. So you have the, the, the three people, and they do the Hataras Nadarim. Getting out of the nether. Now, getting out of the nether can get very complicated because technically just mere regret is not enough. You need to have what's called a Pesach. Pesach means some uh, pretense, okay, for why if you would have known whatever it is that you know, you would not have made a netter in the first place. It's not just saying, oh, I made the net and I regret it because that in itself won't get you out of it. That's why we're not encouraging it, Barry. Because we know that it's not supposed to be that simple to get out of it. That's why you need a rabbi to, to know. You need a real time chacham to understand how are you going to get out of this. So now we're going to talk about different ways you now get out of a nether. It's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons, right? We need rabbis for a lot of things. Rabbi has a lot on his plate, Goranowitz, right? Each human being in this congregation is like a world unto itself. I don't know how they do it. Okay, so starting to the parak. Without further ado, Rabbi Leezer Omer... Okay, it's a fascinating idea. What would be, right, so what would be eligible to be considered a Pesach, a pretense for a person to actually get out of a nether? So now you're becoming a little bit of a rabbi, Goranowitz. This is what the rabbis study in order to get you out of it. What would be the Pesach? Bechvod aviv ve'imo. Aviv ve'imo means the person has to say, had he known, now, there's, there's two pshatim over here about what chvod aviv ve'imo is. Is it that you're making your parents upset? 
Okay, well, let's look at the Ran. The first Ran, Samach Dalad Amravis. Samach Dalad Amravis. Sheomrim lo ilu aiti yodeh Hashem evazim avichav imach al shata kal ben adarim. Yeah. Rechadamrinan en Sanhedrin dekar le Rishir ba Tzadik er Rishir ba Rishir klum haita no there. Lashon acher sheyomru sheatal lamarta mehem shavheim vizalzalim ben adarim. So there's two ways that this could mean that this that this nether could reflect poorly on your parents. Number one, because you're embarrassing your parents. Because now the parents have a child who's out there making a darm, which as we've discussed, right, is not the behavior of 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 uh, of of a tzaddikim, right? They have a child who's kind of unstable, right? This person is making the dharm, and that is embarrassing to the family. Or, because when you make the neder, people will say, where do you think he learned that behavior? That behavior is, coming, is not coming from nowhere. It must be that his parents, so they're embarrassed, not because their child is off the way, but because their child is reflecting them in a negative way, because it must be that they're doing it. Karana, does that remind you of anything where uh, someone's behavior is reflective of their parents' behavior, and we say that, uh, if you don't get this, I'm gonna jump out the window right here. Where, where do we have a, a case in Shas where, where we discussed where someone's behavior uh, was reflected in their, in their progeny, in their children? You know, it's funny that the kids usually say, here I am, I'm acting just like my parents, you know? You hear me, Andrew? Right, to me it's reminiscent of a Gemara towards the end of Sukkah. I'm gonna be like my parents, and here I am, I'm Right, right. Isn't that something? Isn't that reflective, Andrew, of uh, something at the end of Sukkah? Sounds like Mary and Bill got to me. Right, that's what we said. Right, that's it. That's it. That's it. Right, where she was yelling at the Mizbeach. Okay. Because the parents didn't want to want to do the mitzvahs. That's right. So, anyways, osrim. But the chachamim say that this is not, as we're going to see. The Chachamim say that that's not enough of a precedent. We'll see why. The Gemara is going to discuss why would this be enough of a, of a pretense to why it would be or wouldn't be enough of a pretense to undo another. Fine. Now, let's, let's look into this Rabbi Eliezer. Why is Poskin Abichod Avimo a good pretense? I'm a Rabbi Tzadok. Rabbi Tzadok is a good pretense. Rabbi Tzadok is explaining like this. If you're going to say so let's say poschin lo bechvod avim means again. Had I made the neder, <clears throat> knowing how it would upset my parents, then I wouldn't have made that neder. If that's a good enough reason, so then you can say the same of Akarish Baruch Hu, because after all, we are assuming that Akarish Baruch Hu also frowns upon you making the darm, and therefore that should also be a reason why you could get out of the neder. Well, that seems like it would not be a good enough reason, because as we've said, we can't undo all nedarim, right, just because we regret it. And after all, every nether and every single thing that we do is under Hashem, which is why the Mishnah continues with the Chachamim opposing Rabbi Tzadik as follows. Say the Chachamim, im kein, ein nedarim. Wait a second. If you're going to say that had I known that Hashem was watching, so to speak, or had I known that this was not a good thing to do, then I would not do it. Well, that's just regular regret, because Hashem is watching in every situation, and therefore it shouldn't be a valid Pesach. That shouldn't be a valid pretense. We'll see that in the Gemara. Correct, Granat. <clears throat> now, 
That is in a case of chvod However, the Mishnah continues. It says, That there is one circumstance where even the chachavim, who typically do not allow uh, your parents being upset as a reason good enough for undoing a nether, there is a case where it would, where what? Where the nether was, right? Where the nature of the nether had to do with, for example, let's say I said, you know what, I, I, don't think my, I'm, I don't think my mother-in-law is going to need anything from me, or my mother is going to need anything from me, um, and therefore a pers- I make a nether that my mother would never do this, mom, love you so much, uh, her birthday's coming up, say uh, that she can't have any hana from me, thinking that she's never going to move next door, because Bubby lives next door. Well, then, lo and behold, my mother, against all odds, moves from the Upper East Side of Manhattan to the next door on the other side of me. Or moves in with Bubby next door. And now, you know, she's coming over and borrowing eggs and, gro- and groceries every day. So I didn't know that that was going to happen. The nether that I made was without a realization that there was going to be this relationship where I would be in a position, right? Anything can happen in life. Life circumstance change. And all of a sudden now I'm in a position where, of course, I would provide for my parents. Now the Rishon, right, so again, the area, just to explain clearly, clearer what the uh, Mishnah is saying here, is that Chachamim normally would say that if what you're saying is kvod avi ve'imo in a vacuum, just like your reputation, like Miriam Bilga, so in that scenario, that's not enough of a regret. That's not considered, or I should rather say, that's not enough of a reason to say, had I known that they would be upset, I wouldn't have made the nether because that should have been assumed, right? In other words, it should be assumed that uh, we'll see in the Gemara the, the exact reason. But basically, um, at least what our Mishnah is saying is... One time I came down to the house and I said to my parents, I blame you for, you know, causing me to not be a, like, a popular kid. You know, I blamed it on my parents. You know? Right. So, Can you do that? <clears throat> right. So people blame their parents on a little bit too much. You have to take some accountability Look, for yourself. Barry, uh, can you blame your parents, Barry? So we'll understand. So we're going to understand the Gemara a little bit more. Why we don't? Why we don't take this nether of the parents? Uh, there, there is there's there's a reason which I haven't mentioned yet, no, which is which that. is a machlokas Abaya and Rava. So we're going to get into Abaya and Rava. But before we get into Abaya and Rava, let's just understand the mission over here, which is that even the Chachamim would agree that if the if the nature of the nether had nothing to do with fear of your parents or respect of your parents or wanting to protect the family reputation, but was a more pragmatic thing. It was a consideration of whether your parents need something from you so that and then life circumstances changed where initially you thought they wouldn't need anything from you and so for whatever reason and all these the darm seem to be made out of anger would you agree barry you have a husband against a, a, an ex-wife you have a, a, you and andrew when you guys were your relationship was was on the rocks and you said i'm not going to go into his house right it seems like these uh the darm were, were made out of, out of anger but right when you were in a, when a person wasn't in the right place and yet, when it comes to the parents, so if you're doing it, again, out of some sort of relationship with your parents thing, so then that we say, which we'll get into more, so that we'll say we're not going to, right, uh, we're going to have a machlokas over. But everybody would agree that if it's a pragmatic thing and you didn't realize that your parents would rely on you, that for that nether, we're going to say that you certainly can undo that nether and thus provide 
for your parents. The question that Rishonim asks is how could you make such a nether altogether? Because after all, there is an obligation to support your parents. That is part and parcel of the Torah obligation of Kibbut Avaim. Uh, you have to be creative to get out of that. You have to say that maybe it's not directly that obligation that you, that, that, that you um, are trying to undo, right? That, that actually is, is a good question. In other words, it had to have been some sort of unusual circumstance. You'd have to figure out a creative way to get out of that obligation. It must be that you didn't actually make a nether, that you're not going to support them at all, but you made some sort of, uh, or, 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 or so, you made some sort of nether where you kind of worked around that particular issue. But it is important to stress here that there is a biblical obligation to support your parents. Uh, if a person, and that's, you know, codified in halacha, if a person has money, okay, and they are, so maybe you're talking about a case, Barry, where, you know, the, your parents are blessed with many children, and everybody could really support them, and so maybe it's not only incumbent on you, maybe that's one possible answer, right, where the parents are support, supported by some of the other kids, but certainly in a scenario where there's an only child who's the sole source of support for said parents, and the child has money and the parents do not, there would be a biblical obligation. There would be no way to get out of such an obligation. There is an obligation for a child to support their parents in that scenario. Um, perhaps more so, as we've learned in Ksubis, than a parent would have an obligation to support a child. We talked about this. You know, the obligation of a parent to support a child is like a benanam lechavero thing, right? Up until a certain point, it's, it's an obligation. But we searched for the source for said obligation. But the source for a child to support a parent is, is, um, is actually more clear. Okay. You heard it, uh, my father used to say to me, it hurts me more than you. Why yeah. would you say that? Right, because, children, because parents, that's like a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We say about a Kaddish Baruch Hu when he puts us in Legalus, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is in Gaulus with us. A Kaddish Baruch Hu is Abinu Malkeinu. It, it, whenever a person has Tsar, whenever Klal Yisrael nationally has Tsar, it hurts Hashem more than it hurts us because Hashem understands what the Tsar is, perhaps, better than us. Yeah, we sometimes, yeah. 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 Garanowitz is on fire today. Okay, so now another Machlokas. That's right. Okay, Vod Amar Rabbi Eliezer. Okay, another Machlokas. This Machlokas is a parallel Machlokas Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim. Od Amar Rabbi Eliezer, Poschim, Benolod, Vachachamim, Osrim. A massive topic in the Dharm. What, and we'll discuss in the Gemara. Nolod versus, not Nolod. What's Nolod? Nolod is an unforeseen circumstance. A new development. Nolod, right? It was a new development had been born. So that's a similar machlokas. Again, the chachamim are machmihir. They're going to keep you in this, these nadarim. They want a better, right, reason to get out of them. Rabbi Leaz is going to say, quote, avivimo is okay. Nolad is okay. Nolad means had this, this new circumstances just came about. Had I known it would come about, I wouldn't have made the ned there. So we're going to discuss in the Gemara what is the underpinnings of this machlokas. But first, the Mishnah will give us an illustration as follows. Says the Mishnah, Ketzad. For example, Amar, Get back to Barry and Andrew for a minute. So, so, so right, Andrew swore off Barry, and he says, I'm not going to have any Hanah. But Nasa Seifer, and Barry becomes a massive Seifer, um, and so now Andrew needs mezuzahs. He needs his services. He didn't know that that was going to happen, right? Oshaya Masid, no. Or married off his son, and 
right? And Andrew felt bad because he wanted to go to the wedding. And Andrew, when he goes to Rabbi Rose's study to get out of the net there, says, yeah, had I known that Barry would become a soifer or that he would be making a wedding, I wouldn't have never made this nether. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, Andrew can get out of it based on that, on that pretense. Whereas, uh, according to the Chachamim, that's not enough of a reason. The Gemara will explain why. Okay. Or another example, we've been over this a million times, where Andrew doesn't want to go into Barry's house. But, Nasa, but in that particular case, Nasa Beis Barry moves to a different place, and that house becomes the only shul in town. So Amar Ilu Eisideshu Nasa Beis Lo No There. Interesting that this is another an example. We'll have to dissect why this example is different and why it's similar. But in that particular case, again, what are you going to say that Andrew's not going to go to shul? He did not know that was an unforeseen circumstance, and therefore. I was learning this actually with my son Zalmi, and he pointed out not all of these cases seem the same. Some of these seem more unforeseen than others, right? Uh, I'll say in, in the most basic level, and the Gemara will dissect it more, but the point is that if it's something that really, really you should have anticipated, like Barry making a wedding, maybe that's more anticipated than, than the Barry's house turning into a shul. Because again, if you sh- could have anticipated it, then you can't say that I didn't necessarily with the same degree right, of confidence that you had no idea that this was coming. Right? It has to be something that's not Matsui, something that's going to be right, unusual and truly unexpected in order to be able to say that. So we'll see. Um, you know, the idea that Barry become a sulfur, that could, everybody else could have seen that, Andrew. Okay, so we'll have to look at that in the Gemara. Anyway, to sum up, the mission of Rabbi Eliezer, Mateh Chachamim Osrim, right, in all of those cases, Rabbi Eliezer says that the Nolot is okay, and the Chachamim do not. Absolutely. That is highlighted here very much. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, you see right. with Mary Golden, you know, but if the parents, look, like you, you went, your, your parents paid to, for you to go to YU, right? Um, yeah. So you have to have a Karsatov. Yeah. My parents want me to go to YU, like Barry. Right. But I couldn't, I said, I can't handle the travel, you know, Barry? From what, from Laurelton? That doesn't make any sense. Gamara. How'd you go? You stayed there? Yeah. So the Gamara, let's start with the Gamara and some, uh, over here. My ain Nadarim. What does it mean when it says that, that there will no longer be Nadarim? You might remember in the Mishnah that the complaint was, again, that if we said that that just fear of your parents or disappointing your parents is enough of a reason to undo a nether. So disappointing Hashem is also enough of a reason to undo a nether. So that is the reason why we think that it can't be uh, that, that that you're going to be doing a Pesach but b'chvod avivimo. Right? That was that was Rechachamim's answer to Rabbi Tzadok's explanation of Rabbi Yezer. Again, Rabbi Yezer says that you can use your parents' Right, disapproval as a reason to undo the nether. And then Rabbi Tzaddik says, well, you could use Hashem's disapproval also. And the Chum said, well, that doesn't make sense because ain't, if so, ain't a darm. So what do they mean? So this is the Machokas Abai and Rava as follows. Amar Abai. Imkain ain't a darm netarin yafe. Abai says, yeah, if we're going to allow 
the Nadarim Achvod Avi Ve'imo. Let's look at the last run on the bottom of Samachdalim Aleph. And it says, V'yishaker. Right? So he's saying over here as follows, that a person is going to lie because when, again, he's in Rabbi Rose's office, right? And, right, and Rabbi Rose says, why, did you, uh, did you make the snether? Yes. And then Rabbi Rose says, okay, uh, what about your parents and the fact that they think that this is a terrible thing? Did you think of what it would do to the family? So the guy is never going to say, well, I thought about it. Yes, I did. But I don't care how it impacts my family. Because a person, lo yo'iz panav. See, you see the first line? It's the fourth line up from the, from the bottom. Lo yo'iz panav v'chach lifnei chacham ve'yishaker. Lo yo'iz panav v'chach chacham. He won't, but he'll be embarrassed to say it in front of Rabbi Rose. V'yishaker. And he's going to lie. V'yomar ili e'isi yodeh. Lo yisi yodeh. In other words, when you make the hataris nadarim, it's not a valid hataris nadarim because kavod of v'imo, right? And kavod Hashem is something, right? That that a person may lie about. Let's look at the second line from the top. Umihu says umihu bechod of v'imo pligi. That's where the machlokas is. There abundant asrei desvir lo loshna bechod makom loshna kavod of v'imo. Ain adam meiz hilchach ain poschin. Right, the chachamim are not going to allow either way because they're going to say a person's not going to say, yeah, I, I certainly nobody's going to say I don't care about what Hashem says. But according to chachamim, they're not going to say I don't care what my parents say. They will not have such chutzpah in the rabbi's office, and therefore they're going to lie and they say that they do care, and the nether will be undone based on a false right pretense that he, this person cared about his parents. He doesn't care about his parents. He's just lying because he's embarrassed. However. The last line over here in the Ran, right? So the reason why Rabbi Leizer is going to allow it, nobody's going to allow it in a case of when of Chavod Shemaim, because Chavod Shemaim, nobody's going to agree that they don't care about in the rabbi's office of all places. But Chavod Avimo, maybe they would actually say that they would admit that, they don't, that when they made the nether, they didn't care about it. And therefore, that is why Rabbi Yezus is going to hold that you can do a Pesach because of Avav Imo. So again, Abaye's um, Shita is based off of the fact that the nether won't be good. But the Afaris Nadarim won't be good, rather, because of the fact that the Afaris Nadarim would be based on a lie, on the lie that the person, doesn't, that the person says that he cares about his parents. Right, he's going to lie about that. About Hashem, he won't lie. Was that clear enough, Barry? I felt like I said it backwards. I mean, I said it correctly, but... Okay, it's sort of convoluted. Right, okay, so that, that's Shita Sabaye. Right, Shita Sabaye is the people will not be willing to tell Rabbi Rose, right? It's just a question of what they'll be willing to tell Rabbi Rose in his office about whether they care about their parents or not if we think that they're going to lie about it, so then we're not going to allow that to be pretense for undoing the nether. Whereas Rava says, as we turn to Samach Tanah Lebeis, Rava Amar, Im Kain, Ein Nedarim Nish'alam L'Chacham. Aha. It's a fascinating idea. Uh, people are going to start asking Nedarim Shilas because once they know, it's one of these urban legends, right? Where you say, you're allowed, like, uh, they have a parallel to this in Amir al-Akum. Like, everybody, everybody thinks that, everybody thinks that you could tell a non-Jew, oh, uh, it's really dark in here, 
and sort of like allude to the fact on Shabbos that you want the lights turned on and then they can turn on. But that's very not true. You're not allowed to do that. No. That's Almir that's Akum. Not only that, even if you don't tell them anything, if a, if a, if a non-Jew does malacha explicitly for you on Shabbos, you're not allowed to be nana from that malacha. But everybody thinks that as long as you say it in a roundabout way, that it's okay. That's just not true. So similarly by Nadarim, it's a parallel. If somebody were to tell you, it would become this urban legend where everybody would know, oh, yeah, no, as long as you're uh, afraid that it's going to reflect poorly on your family, the rabbi is going to undo the nether. Well, guess what? Once they know, once this thing becomes popular and people realize, says Ravo, that that is a good enough grounds for undoing the nether, then people won't bother coming to the rabbi anymore. That's what the Gemara thinks at this point. They're just going to say, you know what? Forget about the nether that I made. I meant to, I, I didn't realize it would be disgraceful for the family and therefore I'm going to undo it for that reason. Okay? So that's what it means. You're not going to go to the Chacham, right? Look at the Mefarish. It looks like, it says like it says Rashi, the very top line. There you go, right? I don't need to go to the rabbi. You're going to be more heta for yourself. You're going to undo the Nadarim themselves. And, mind you, this Atar uh, Nadarim, without consultation, and also without actual approval from the Rav, doesn't work at all. And so these are two very different types of people. Zami was telling me, it kind of like is almost two different types of people, right? You know that there's a type of person who will go to the rabbi, but lie to the rabbi, as Abaye says, and say, uh, and say that had they known about the covet of the parents, they wouldn't have done it. Meanwhile, they couldn't care less. And there's also the type of person who will never go to the rabbi in the first place, and just be more ahead for himself. So these are two different ways, two different reasons why, right, the Chachamim will not allow this idea of, of Nadarim, especially in the case of Kvot uh, Shemaim. So now. You told me to come today, and I say I'll come. Is that a letter? That's a good question. But right now we're getting out of Nadarim. We're not getting into them. So let's see. It's not. So let's see what our Mishnah, let's try to support how our Mishnah might reflect on Rava or Abaye. It's an interesting uh, idea here. It says in our Mishnah, So he said, remember, Chachamim agreed with Rabbi Yezer at the very end of our Mishnah that if it was something pragmatic between the child and their parents, that in that case, we're going to let him have his Pesach Well, well, this makes sense according to Abaye because why? Because remember, the difference between Abaye and Rava is that Abaye thinks he's going to come to the rabbi and lie, right? Whereas Rava thinks he's not going to come to the rabbi at all. Well, in the last case of our Mishnah, he's going to the rabbi. So that only fits within Abaye, right? So, so again, we'll say, we're going to say, according to Abaye, at least he's in the rabbi's office, right? Right, because in the case, we say, that since he had enough chutzpah, right, to make a nether in the first place, this is a very obnoxious nether, right, that he's never going to give his parents anything. But once he had that level of chutzpah, so then he's going to have enough chutzpah to admit to Rabbi Rose that he made that nether. And again, this is the Gemara explaining why, and this is what I, was, I didn't mention before when we learned it in the Mishnah. Abaye has, Abaye's shot, according to the Gemara, 
According to the Gemara, Abayi's Peshat in the Mishnah is as follows. Why would a pragmatic nether be, right, uh, be able to be undone in Rabbi Rose's office? When I say pragmatic nether, I mean a nether that I'm not going to support my parents, right? When it has to do not just with the covet of his parents, but the support of his parents. So then when you go to Rabbi Rose's office, you say, listen, circumstances change. Yes, I was a jerk. You know, it may not have been the nicest thing to say that my parents aren't going to get enough for me, but I didn't realize they were going to move next door. So circumstances changed. So there, even though it took chutzpah to, to, to admit that you made such a ned there, at least you can have this plausible deniability where you could say, listen, I didn't know that the circumstances were going to be what they are. It was in the heat of the moment, Rabbi. And so we believe that you're sincere when you undo such a nether because it's something that you, that's not so far-fetched that you would lie about it. You could say, I didn't know what the circumstances were. And that's why, according to Abayah, that's why we allow it in the case where the circumstances change. But again, when the case where the circumstances didn't change at all, it's such an obnoxious thing to do that you would probably lie about it in the rabbi's office. And that's, the, that's why we allow it in the case where there's been a pragmatic difference. El Rava continues to go, but according to the Rava, who says that the reason why we don't allow you to make these nadarim with Kavod Shemaim uh, is because after, then you're just going to be more hata because it's too easy. So then you never make it in the rabbi's office in the first place. So my Why would it matter whether there's been a pragmatic difference or not? Either way, you're going to be more hata. And so any kind of nether regarding your parents should be, should be undone. It should not be able to be undone based on the fact that, right, based on the fact that we think that you're going to never come into the rabbi's office. So the Gemara answers that, that our premise isn't correct. That, that really, Rava never said that you're not going to be going to the rabbi's office. Rava meant something a little bit different as follows. Says the Gemara, Amri, how are we going to answer Rava like this? That really, Hafaras Nadarim is like orthodontics. You know, I do orthodontics for a living, Andrew. I don't know if you knew that. We've been accused in the orthodontic uh, sub-profession of dentistry, when you go to dental school, you don't learn a lot of orthodontics. You go through all of dental school and you, ba- and you barely know what to do. And we're the butt of the jokes because everybody thinks, oh, we want to keep it all to ourselves. In other words, it's a specialty, most specialties, like doing a root canal or doing an extraction. I don't know why I'm getting too far into this, but most of these specialties, you learn that in dental school. And like a dentist who's a jack of all trades can really do most of the specialties on his own. Maybe not the most difficult things, but orthodontics, even the bare minimum they can't do because it's a totally different thing. And so we're accused of not teaching it in dental schools on purpose so that we get all of it for ourselves. What does that have to do with this, Kamar? You have to go for specialty school postgraduate afterwards. So similarly over here, what? Orthodontics. <laughs> right, because Andrew points out, because I can see this really bothers him, that the Invisalign uh, techs are located in Costa Rica, which means that orthodontists have to go to Costa Rica if they want to really see how the sauce is made, which makes, Andrew, you can come with me. Nobody said you can't come with me. Anyway, he didn't get the invitation got lost in the mail. Why did I bring this up? I brought it up because the rabbis are purposely not teaching us Antares Nadarim. Because they want you to go to their office. You see what's going on, Barry? Maseches Nadarim wow. is known. Why is there Ran and no Rashi? Rashi doesn't want everybody to know exactly how to do the Safaris Nadarim to learn the ninth parak. Because if people are going to be able to get out of it, Barry, 
then they're going to be, it's going to proliferate more and more nadarim, right? If you become expert at doing and undoing, this is the whole thing we're trying to avoid. If people being sort of like uh, not exactly balanced and like that pendulum swing of moods where I'm definitely not doing this and then you do the Avera, then you undo it and you do it. No, no, no. Leave it to the rabbi. This is something we want the rabbis to handle because it has to be handled carefully because you're talking about Kabbat Shemaim here where you're making uh, a nether. So this is what the Gemara is saying now. Amri, kevan dechold nidre lo sagilun delav chacham. Right? It's really, the Chachamim worked it out that you have to go to the rabbi's office for this. Hachanami posted. Yeah. Right. So this is what he's saying over here. That Hachanami posted. Here, in the case of a nether, the reason why we need to have Kol Nidre is because during the year we don't usually go to the rabbi. But here, we have to go to the rabbi for the Dharm, with the exception of the family. Except, except for what he meant was when it comes to family matters that are a little bit complicated, so then we're going to be embarrassed to go to the rabbi. And that's what he meant. But in every other case, when we're, oh, we're going to have to go into the rabbi's office. And again, this is how Rava is going to understand our Mishnah. Because if it weren't for that, we wouldn't understand why Rava would say at the end of, why at the, end of the Mishnah, in a case of a pragmatic aspect to do with your parents, why would he... Uh, why would, in that case, would we allow the Hafaras and the Dharma? And the answer is, you're always going to be doing this in the rabbi's office, and it goes back to reinterpreting Rava within the Mishnah to say that in the case of the family, you're maybe not going to go into the rabbi's office because you're embarrassed. But under normal circumstances, like when you're not embarrassed, then of course you're going to make the, uh, you're going to make it in the, the uh, Hafaras and Dharma in the rabbi's office. When you don't go into the rabbi's office because you're embarrassed, then maybe you'll make the, the hatars nadarim for yourself. But otherwise, you're not going to uh, chance it because you're not really an expert in the darms. Now, nine lines down in Samachdalad Amud Beis, Okay, this concept of nolan, a new unforeseen circumstances. My time at the Why would Rabbi Yezer allow you to make an uh, undo another based on unforeseen circumstance? What's the source? It's asking for the reason. Really, it's giving the source. What's the source? Fascinating source. As the Ran says over here, right? Yeah. Right? This is the Pasuk. It's a straight up Pasuk. You may have missed. In Sefer Shmos, what happens? That Moshe consents to sit and live in Midian, and then he gets his wife, Tzipporah, Right from Yisro Koyin Midyan, and it's tantamount to a nether. It sounds like Moshe made a nether. Now, what's the pasuk say? That, that Moshe made a nether that he's not going to leave Midyan. He's not going to go back. Interesting. Okay. What's, he's not, interesting? what's interesting is that we never thought that part of Moshe going back to Mitzrayim to save the Klal Yisrael was a hafaris nadarim. That's a hafaris nadarim. Who's the rabbi that let him out of this nether? So again, you never realized. Yisro said, right, and, and I'll tease out a little bit of what the Rishonim uh, here explained, which is that Yisro said that you need explicit permission for me if you're ever going to leave Midian. Because don't forget, you have like a fugitive showing up at your doorstep and he wants to marry your daughter. But you want to keep your daughter in town. So you say, yeah, but don't leave 
without explicit permission. Like maybe he had heard the story of Yaakov and Lavan, right? Where Yaakov left the shtilkite from the night. Uh, so, so he says, okay, you're going to need explicit permission. But what he really meant was not so much because you say, oh, he asked permission. It says that he asked permission. So, so how did he violate the nether? He did ask permission. So you have to say, yeah, he said that don't leave without asking permission, but he had no intent of giving permission, meaning what he really meant was you can't leave Midian. I want you to stay here with my daughter. I want you to raise the kids here. So for that, he had to do a farce nadarm. Where's that farce nadarm? So that's what the Pasuk says. It says, Vayomer Hashem al Moshe, Hashem says to Moshe, B'midyon, Leich Shuv Mitzrayim, why? Kimesu kual nashim and bakshim nafshecha. There was the unprecedented nolad issue. What was the nolad? Das and Varviram, who were looking to kill Moshe, they were the reason had, that Moshe fled. And they were the reason Moshe agreed to never le- go back. However, Hashem himself, was the rabbi, so to speak, who did the Afaris Nadarim for Moshe Rabbeinu. And he said, that was an unforeseen circumstance. And now that they're dead... Uh, you can go back and you can and you can undo the nether based off of that. So look inside now. That's Hashem explaining to Moshe. Now that they died, I'm doing the first Nadarim for you. Says the and, that, and that's what that's what the Ron says. Moshe He was afraid of Kadosh Baruch Hu was the one who did the Pesach for him. So now, so sounds from that source that Misa is an unforeseen circumstance and it's something new, it's a new development. Sounds like you can undo another based on Misa. Based on Nolad. And that's the source for Rebbe so how the Chachamim disagree with this, right? Are they arguing on Hashem's methodology here? Hashem thought that Nolad was good, so why is it not good enough uh, for us? So says the Gemara, No, it doesn't revere him. Did they really die? If they died, maybe it would be Nolad. But they didn't die. As the Gemara says, None other than the great God on Eretz Yisrael, quotes, none other than the great holy Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai to say, call Malcolm Shenemar Nitzim Benitzavim, ain't I love Dasan Babirim? Yeah. All the quarreling that went on throughout the Midbar, right? So this is already after Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Right? So Moshe goes back to Mitzrayim and he's taking him out, and in the Midbar they are giving him Tsaras. Well, who's giving him Tsaras? Dasan Babirim. That's a known thing, that they were the main antagonists. They were part of the Korach Rebellion. They were main antagonists the whole time. So clearly they didn't die prior to Moshe coming back from Midian to Mitzrayim. So, what does it mean when it says that they died? What does Hashem mean? He means, yeah, that they lost their money and thus their influence. And therefore, once they no longer have any influence, it is safe for Moshe to return, so long as they were wealthy for whatever reason and had influence back in Mitzrayim, Moshe was too dangerous for him to return. But now they had lost their money, and therefore, that is something that uh, that is something that uh, made them lose their influence. And he can return now, and and it's not dangerous. Now, the truth of the matter is, losing your money, one could also say, is a new development. But that's not the same thing, because that is what we already said in Shabbos, right? That's a galgal shu chazer ba'olam. That the cyclical nature of financial fluctuations 
it can be expected, and this goes back to what we were saying, Barry, before, that when it's something that could be expected, so that's not nolad, and that's something that you could use as a Pesach. It's only true nolad that's on the subject of Machlokas. So now, having talked about poverty being the equivalent of death, we're eight lines up from the bottom, we're talking about the four things that are equivalent of death as follows. Person who is childless is considered uh, not alive. Mi amar me. That's roughly me and you speaking to Yaakov Avinu. How come we got uh, we're skipping to this though? Because this is just like we said that a person without money is as if he's not alive. So there's four such people, and this is the source. This is one of the sources over here. So one of them is im ayin mesa nochi. Roughly, means says to Yaakov that she's like she's uh, when she's childless is as if she's not alive. Betanya arba chashuvim kames, and that's the brisa. Four are considered kames. Ani mitzara, right? A poor person, a person with tzaras, suma, a blind person, mishein labanim, and a person without children. Ani dechsev kimesu kol on Hashem. So backaches is uh, painful, but it's not chashuv kames. Ani is kimesu kol on Hashem, right? Just like we said before, dasam davirim. Once they lost their influence, they were considered dead. Mitzara dechsev al not tihi kames. That's Aaron talking about Miriam, that she should not be like a mace and therefore should not be left there for death as a mitzora. The person who's in darkness, it's as if he's like the mace. The aforementioned Pasuk from Rachelimenu speaking to Yaakov Avinu. And so we can resume tomorrow with the Bryce of Tanya. First word on top of Samachay, Amad Alf, when we all be Zaycha to uh, have our eyes enlightened and to continue uh, learning more and more in this ninth park of Nadarm.